Praise the Lord. Welcome to our Sunday school. God is good. He is great. I had an eventful morning this morning. A little flustered, so I want to pray. God is good. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, for your blood. We thank you, Jesus, for your word. We thank you, Jesus Christ, for your spirit. We pray, God, that this morning that you will allow, your, Lord God, your teaching to go forth with clarity, Lord, and anointing. I pray, God, that you will gird up our minds, Lord Jesus. Remove every distraction, Lord, every worry, every fear from out of our hearts as we gather together as your body, as your children in your sanctuary. We are your people and we love you, Lord, and we desire to be with you. We desire to abide in you. We desire to show you our love by obeying your commands. And we need your strength and your grace to do so. Bless us this morning as we go through your scriptures and learn of you and learn your requirements and learn your and, and receive your wisdom and knowledge. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated in our Lord's presence. Today's Sunday school, I want to speak about understanding the power and the value of doctrine. Sometimes in this world, you may approach someone and you mention the word doctrine to them. And their reaction, you'll think that you are, you are cussing because people feel like doctrine is bondage. Sometimes when we're not informed properly, we'll feel like, bond, like doctrine is something that God put in place or the church put in place to keep people bound, to keep people from having fun, to keep people from not enjoying life. But today, this morning, my prayer and hope is that this morning we'll understand the truth about doctrine. Doctrine is powerful. Doctrine is a powerful thing. So the enemy wants to take it out of the church. And I'm going to show you in scripture. I want to read an excerpt from a book. It's called Doctrines of the Bible. It's by J.L. Hall and David K. Bernard. And it reads, The central core of teaching about the one true God and the eternal salvation of God has, provi has provided is contained in the Bible. I added an emphasis. Scriptures. Everybody say scriptures. Scriptures is God's word written down. It's divine. God took his thoughts, inspired men to write his thoughts, and we have scripture. Amen. We must believe that he has spoken to us through this manner of communication or else there is no hope of ever knowing what he is like or what his will is for us. It is interesting to note that all major religions claim revelation of their deities through some basic book. Isn't that true? The Mormons have the Book of the Mormon. The Muslims have the Quran and so on. 
To Christians, the Bible is the inspired word of God. And as such, it claims to be the sole authority for salvation and Christian living. Our Bible is more than just a novel, poetry, or history. It is God's will. It is God's mind, his logos revealed to us. The Bible is God's word. It's the easiest way for us to access God, to access his thoughts for us or towards us. The easiest way to know his will in our lives is going into his word. His word is very important. His scriptures are very, very important. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, it says, all scripture, all of it, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. I heard a, a prophetess one time, um, I was invited to a service, and to promote her ministry, she said, tomorrow you guys are going to church on Sunday. But all you got to hear is about Noah and Abraham and Moses. Come to my service tomorrow so I prophesy to you and lay hands. At that moment, I got up and I left the service. <laughs> because I, I understood that being there was trouble. The Bible says all scripture. Let's say it together. All scripture. Let's say with passion. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. That means the stories of creation. That means the story of Abraham and Moses and Noah and the prophets. All of the stories are given by God and they're considered scripture because they are illustrative doctrine. Those stories are teaching us principles. Those stories are showing us how God deals with mankind. Sometimes we have a, a wrong perception of God. And it causes us to fear. It causes us to get weary. It causes us to forfeit the plans that God has for us. So God in his sovereignty and his love wrote down stories so we can see people like us who struggle with life. And we can see the end of them who believed in God. Always good and always peace. If someone tells you that, that, that the stories of Noah and, and Jeremiah and all these things are foolishness, they are false prophets and false teachers. And don't, and, don't, and don't understand God's will. God has given these stuff, these things for us. It says all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And watch this. It's profitable. For what? For doctrine. For reproof. For correction. For instruction in righteousness. That word profitable. What's, what's a profit? A profit is after you have done a transaction. After you have give to someone or something because you feel like, like, you feel like that thing is valuable. After the, it's all done, what you have left is a profit. The Bible is saying that when you get into the word, when you spend your time, right, out of your busy day to get into God's word, to engage with it. After you get up and it's all over, there is profit. You gain something. You have something that you never had before. When you engage in God's word, his scriptures, and you read it and you learn, when you leave, you leave a better person. You leave a wiser person than when you first started. The Bible says that it is profitable for doctrine, for teaching, for reproof, for correction, 
for instruction in righteousness. Doctrine. In a general sense, it's whatever is taught. Hence, a principle or position in any science. Whatever is laid down as true by an instructor or a master is considered to be doctrine. The doctrines of the gospel are the principles or truth taught by Christ and his apostles. Why it says doctrines, plural. There is only one gospel. Is who God is and what he has done for us. The gospel was first preached in the book of Genesis. And it has been preached ever since then. First preached by God in the Old Testament. Followed up by the prophets. Then in the new covenant, first preached by God again. <laughs> God in the flesh, Jesus Christ. And then followed up by his apostles. Amen. But although there is one gospel, there are numerous doctrines that are in the word of God. For instance, we have the doctrine of Jesus Christ. That's the teaching of who he is. If we don't learn about him and know who he is, we will have a wrong perception of him and not know him. Because if you know my name, but the facts that you have about me is false, you're talking about a different Travis, a different Brother Morgan. It's not me. I'm not an NBA superstar. I'm not an actor, right? I'm not a, I'm not a plumber. If you put those attributes to me, you talk about the wrong person. It's not me. So we must learn who God is. So there's a doctrine of Jesus Christ. Do you know there's a doctrine of salvation? A teaching about salvation. God never left salvation for us to figure out. He gave his prophets, he gave his apostles teachings on how to be saved. And that's why, see, the question is this. How do we know, how do we know that the voice that we are hearing or listening to, especially in this age of so many voices out there, how do we know what voice is true? Everyone claims to have truth. Every denomination, Seventh-day Adventist, Baptist, Catholic, all their ministers and teachers claim to have truth and everyone else is wrong. Isn't that true? They preach with the same passion that we preach with. They come on the stage amongst their people and preach hard and say what we believe is true. You go on YouTube today, there's prophets and prophetess and apostles preaching a doctrine. And they say that it's true. And many of them are charismatic and, and great speakers and good people. But how do we know the voice that we're hearing is true? How do we know that this voice is sent by God? That voice is speaking the, the truth of God. Here's the answer. If they are preaching and teaching what the apostles preached in Scripture, then that ministry is a true ministry. And that voice is preaching the truth in the word of God. Why do I say that? There are people that will tell you that the apostles were disobedient. Yes, 
when you get into the word and, and begin to question their ministry, especially on things pertaining to salvation like baptism and receiving the Holy Ghost, they will, literally, they will look in your face and tell you that the apostles or Peter have been disobedient. And that's the truth. When you examine what the apostles teach and you examine what your ministry is teaching, if it's not lined up, somebody has to be wrong. And it's going to be us. If it's us doing it. Amen? Bible Sunday school. So we're going to talk and, and, and go through the word. Amen. So doctrine. Why is doctrine so important? Because doctrine imbues or informs belief. The purpose of doctrine is to imbue or inform your belief. Doctrine in its definition, in its root, is teaching power. Doctrine is the power behind teaching. Doctrine is the fuel, is the substance of teaching. If you have good doctrine, you have good teaching and you have power over someone's life. Doctrine is always being taught. Doctrine persuades people. Teaching persuades people to think a certain way. That's why God does not want, God does not want you to be involved with ministries and people who teach false doctrine. Because he loves you. It's not a important thing, you're going to hell type of thing. Although you will because of the, by, the byproduct of false doctrine. But God is a loving father. And he says, I've, I've laid down my teachings for you. I've allowed men for 3,600 years to document these teachings for you. 66 books in the Bible, 40 authors, one, well, 40 writers and one author who is God. I did all this so you will know exactly what I have for your life or what I require you to do. Read it. Believe it. Judge your ministers by it. He has given it to every man and woman in this place. And he has given you the, the, the power and the anointing to understand the scriptures. When I started reading the Bible the first time, I did not understand. But I prayed to God. I never quit. And now I'm a Bible addict. I love the word of God. And the same will happen for you. Praise God. You see, belief is powerful. Belief is deep conviction and perception of reality. Powerful thing. Praise the Lord. Belief is what one believes to be true. Belief is persuasion. Belief is a powerful force. Let me show you in the word of God how powerful it is. Let's go to Mark chapter 9, verse 23, please. And when you have it, let's say amen. Mark chapter 9, verse 23. Amen. Still looking? It's on the screen, I believe, or it should be. Our Lord and Savior, our Master, look what he says about belief. Jesus says unto him, speaking 
of the man who had the sick son, who the apostles could not heal. If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believes. God is telling us in this scripture the power of believing. He's letting us know something here. That the bridge between your trouble and your miracle is one thing. What do you believe? Isn't that something? <laughs> the bridge between where you are right now and your victory is not your resources, not where you work, not how you was raised, not your skin color or your social economic status. The bridge between where you are and your victory is one thing, belief. Belief is so important. Belief is so important. He says if you believe, all things are possible. The things that you doubt in your life, the things that you fear you cannot do, the excuses you make, all that will be eradicated and nullified if you only believe. Belief is strong. And doctrine informs your belief. If your belief is weak, you need doctrine. If your belief is contaminated, you need good teaching from the master, from the shepherd. One good session with Jesus, praise the Lord. One good teaching session with Jesus will change your belief. And that belief will bring you to your miracle. And you'll say, hallelujah to my Lord. Thank you for teaching me your ways. Thank you for leading me, Lord Jesus. Look at this in Matthew chapter 9, verse 27 through 31. Let's read this illustrative doctrine, this story. And let's learn something from the master. It says that when Jesus departed thence, two blind men followed him, crying and saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. Two blind men are following him. Picture that. They're blind. How can blind men follow someone? They probably heard his voice or heard the commotion where he was, but they were so desperate. They knew something because Jesus was teaching his doctrine to the whole Israel. He was going around letting people know that the, gospel, that, that the kingdom of God is at hand. And he was teaching them doctrine teaching them the teachings of the kingdom of God. And they knew that this man, who was a, or God in the flesh, was the Messiah. They knew he was a king. They said, son of David. They cried out to him. They followed him like this, blindly, because they knew something. Their belief was persuading them to come to him. They had good doctrine. They had good teaching. They heard about Jesus and what he has done, the gospel. 28 says, and when he was come into a house, the blind men came on to Jesus. They came on to him. And Jesus said unto them, here's a question, a thought-provoking question. Believe ye that I am able to do this? 
That's the question he's asking today. Do you believe? Simple question. I love when God asks questions because it allows us to examine where we are. Do I really believe? In the Garden of Eden, when, when God asked Adam after he sinned, where are you? He wanted to know. He wanted Adam to think about the state he was in. He was provoking thought. Adam, do you know where you are? Do you realize that you have fallen from grace, that, that, that you have sinned against me? Are you aware, Adam? And he's asking these people here, the blind men, do you believe I can do this? Why would he ask that question when they're pursuing him? Because he wanted them to really think and examine themselves. To be, do I really believe that this man, this, this person in front of me is able to heal me from blindness? And they said unto him, yea, Lord. Two words. Two words. Watch this. Then touch he their eyes, saying, according to your faith, be it unto you. And their eyes were open. And Jesus straight, straightly charged them, saying, see that no man know it. But they, when they were departed, spread abroad his fame into, the, into all that country. Two words. Yea, Lord. Yes, Lord. Took them from blindness to seeing. Two words. Being in agreement with God brought them from a tragedy to victory. This morning, God is asking us, do you believe that he is able to do what he says he can do? And if you are shaky and you're saying in your heart, I don't know, I do, but help my unbelief. What does that mean? That means we need more teaching. That's it. That's it. Once we get into the word of God and engage more and, and, and meditate on the word, turn it over and over in our hearts and our minds, faith is produced. We can't produce faith just by wanting more faith. Faith cometh by hearing. And hearing by the what? The word of God. The rhema word. The revealed word of God. And sometimes it takes a while for the word of God to be revealed or enlightened in our spirit. So that's why he commands Joshua to fear not. He says, if you meditate. If you turn my word over in your mind, day and night, you'll have good success. Because that word will turn from literature into the holy scriptures, into your belief. It will help you to go forward. When you turn the word over and over and over and over in our minds, in our hearts. Hallelujah. Some of us here need to turn off YouTube and get back to the basics. Turn off TV, the Christian networks, and get back to the basics, back to reading your word, devotion, reading and turning it over and over, even the stories of Noah. If you turn it over and over your heart, you have so much faith because you're realizing a world full of hate, a world full of destruction, you can find grace in God's eyes like Noah did. God will look upon you and deliver you when you have good teaching and you understand who he is. You see, unbelief can hinder the power of God in your life. Just like belief is powerful and strong, 
the, the, the opposite side of that is unbelief. Unbelief will stop God's power from working in your life. That's how powerful it, powerful it is. Can I show you in the scripture? Matthew chapter 13, verse 53 and 50 through 58. Let's read it together. And it says, and it came to pass that when Jesus had finished these parables, he departed thence. And when he was come into his own country, look, what he, look, he taught them. That's doctrine. Before he did a miracle or, or attempted to do anything, he taught. He wanted them to understand who he was and what he had to offer first so faith can be produced, right? Faith is a currency of our kingdom. That's how we make transactions with God. We have with faith. Amen? So it says, and, he, and when he was coming to his own country, he taught them in their synagogue. In so much, it was so good that they were astonished and said, whence has this man this wisdom and these mighty works? He was killing it. His teachings was revelatory and, and, and powerful. It was God teaching humanity who he was and what he has to offer. The kingdom of God was at hand. And they were, they were amazed, like, whoa. The rabbis taught us for years and the scribes, but this is different. This guy is amazing. Whoa. Amen? And it says, but here it is. Here's the doubt. Here's the, here how the enemy comes in our lives and distract us so we can't receive God. Is this not, is not this the carpenter's son? They started reasoning. Hold on. All right. They just heard the word and they're astonished. But the questions begin to happen in their minds. That's what happens to us. We hear the word. Pastor, preach a powerful word. We come to the altar full of faith, ready to conquer Monday through Friday. We're ready to go back to work and take charge, take control over our lives. But then the questions start to come up. Is it really going to happen for me? I know church was good today, but I can't afford this and I didn't go to school and, and I'm divorced and my kids are acting up and this and that and that's what happens to us. Unbelief comes in to steal the word. The cares of this world comes into our minds and our hearts to choke the word of God. So we bear no fruit. The seed is planted. They were astonished. They received the seed. But something messed them up. They were too familiar with Jesus. And the Bible says this in 55. Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary? And his brethren James and, and, Ho, and Hoseas and, and, and um, Simon and Judas? And his sisters, are they, not, are they not all with us? Whence then has this man all these things? Not understanding. And they were offended in him. Even though he was preaching truth and teaching truth, they were offended because they couldn't receive it from someone they knew. They could not receive. And a lot of times that happens to us when we evangelize to our family members. Or even when our home ministers preach or teach. Because we know them and they're familiar to us. And we saw, we saw them grow up from a baby up. We don't receive the word. Because we feel, oh, I know that guy. He was a teenager and now he's a grown man. But I know him. And when he preaches the word or teaches the word of God, we don't receive it. And we lose out. On our miracle, and we lose out 
are now blessed because of unbelief. It's a powerful thing. It says, but Jesus said unto them, a prophet is not without honor, save in his own country and in his own house. And he did not many mighty works there because of what? Their unbelief. The same way that belief will take you to your victory, believing in God, believing in what he can do for you. It's the same way unbelief will keep you going in a cycle the rest of your life. Around the same time, worrying about the same things. Pondering over over the past, every month, every day, every week. Never going forward. Always in a bind. Always complaining. Always in the same situation. Over and over again because of one thing. Unbelief. God has planted the seed, given us all we need for life and godliness, but we don't receive it on good ground. We, we, we take it, get excited about it, but when trials come, the seed is dried up and don't produce any fruit because of unbelief. Amen? Contaminated belief is the same as unbelief. If you believe in error, your perception will be short-sighted, and if results are rewarded for your belief, it will be forfeited. If we believe in another Jesus than what is written in Scripture, we will never receive what Jesus has for us. We will never see him as who he is. If I, here's an example. If I have a, a nice be a house, a nice home. It belongs to me. My name is on the mortgage. But for some reason, because of false teaching in my life, I believe that I could access my front door by using a knife or a spoon in the keyhole. And I'm passionate about it. If I go to that front door and attempt to open that door with a spoon, What's going to happen? It's not going to work. No matter how much you believe, how, how much some, someone told you that it will work, if you try to use the wrong thing to access the right thing, you will never get in. Never. A lot of people in the church world are suffering. Our brothers and sisters are suffering in their lives because their belief is contaminated. They believe things that God never said that he would do. They believe in a Jesus that he never said he was. So they end up going from church to church, never, oh, oh, forever learning, but never coming to the knowledge of the truth. Because of apathy, laziness, bitterness, unbelief. And they go around the mountain Mount Sinai, God is there but never accessing God because of what? Unbelief or contaminated belief. We know that there's one God. There's a doctrine of Jesus Christ, a teaching of who he is. He began to teach Israel as a nation in Deuteronomy 6.4. And the first thing he said that the Lord is one. Satan has come into this world now trying to divide him. I know people. I know people who sat in this church 
year after year, hearing the word of God, hearing the truth, but because of men's traditions, never knew or believed that Jesus is God. Do you see the damage of the Trinity doctrine? Is that a ha- I don't hate them. It's not a hate thing. But I've seen the results in my own been friends of mine. I've seen the results. That when I discussed to them the one God in the word, they said, Jesus is not God. And I'm, I'm shocked. We've prayed together. We have called on his name together. We have believed him. To, both of us believed him together. And this whole time, you never knew that he was God? Don't you think that's, that's, that's sad? It's sad. And that's why they don't receive from him. And they can't receive until they know that he is. The Bible says if you don't believe that he is, you will die in your sins. He doesn't want us to perish. He wants us to, to know him and love him. So he has given us doctrine. He has given us teachings so we don't have to guess. So we can read it and learn it and meditate on it. And there's results where we know truth and receive it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God wants us to go out into the streets and teach this doctrine and preach this doctrine. There's so much more to say, but time is going. Praise God. I feel this thing. God is so good. That's why scriptures encourage the teaching of sound doctrine and a strong warning against false doctrine. You know why? Because our father loves us. What father wants another man to come into his house and raise his kids? None. Amen? So our God, our father says, I have, I have my teachings for you children. Stick to my teachings, my children. I'm your daddy. Daddy's going to teach you how to live on this planet. So when snakes come in and change up daddy's word, he's upset, right? Why? Because he loves us. If you read the word of God, you will see God, Jesus Christ himself, talking to the teachers more than the people. He will say, woe to the Pharisees. Woe to the shepherds who lead my people astray. Because he puts the responsibility on the teachers. He says, why are you teaching my children things I've never said and never done? You're deceived and you're deceiving many. There's a doctrine that God has for us. He said here in, in, in Titus 1, verse 8 to 11, for a bishop or a pastor must be blameless as a steward of God. He has a doctrine for ministry. Everything is covered. He's showing us here the, the, the requirements to be a bishop or a pastor. For a bishop must be blameless as a steward of God, not self-willed, not soon angry, not given to wine, no striker, not given to filthy lucre, but a lover of hospitality, a lover of good men, sober, just, holy, temperate. Verse 9, holding fast. The faithful word as he has been taught. That's the doctrine. That he now may be able by what? Sound doctrine. Both exhort and to convince the gainsayers. For there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially they of the circumcision, 
whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert. That word subvert means destroy whole houses. These people destroy houses and, and families not by robbing their homes, not by tying them up and kidnapping them, but by coming in their homes and teaching false doctrine. Doctrine is powerful, people of God. Teachings, are, teachings will lead your life. What you, have, what you have been taught will be the building blocks you use to build your life. And God wants us to build, how? According to pattern, according to plan. Remember Wednesday, unless the Lord builds the house. He wants us to build our lives according to his teachings. He wants us to sit at his feet with our ears open and listen to him. He wants you and I to ask him questions. Ask the answer, Jesus, hard questions. It's good. It's not a sin to ask God questions. Lord, why is it this way? Lord, I don't understand why this person left me. Lord, why am I not um, making ends meet? Lord, what's my calling? What's my purpose in the earth? When we begin to ask our Father questions, he will answer. Do you believe that? Amen? It's doctrine. He will teach us and show us what to do. Let me close. I'm going to read a couple more scriptures and then close and we're going to pray and have a good service at 11 o'clock. Praise God. Let me see. Here's a good one. Let's go here. Let's go to Romans chapter 7, verse 25. I have so much here concerning doctrine. Again, I want to emphasize and remind us that I'm speaking of understanding the power and the value of doctrine. The power and the value. Look what Paul says. This is very key. He says, I thank God through Christ our Lord. So then, with the what? The mind, I myself serve the law of God. But with the flesh, the law of sin. We serve God with what? Our mind. We serve God according to knowledge, to what we have been taught. Every creature on this planet has a strength that God has given them for survival and for their position of authority to rule on the planet. We know that we're the number one creature on this planet because we're made in God's image. Here's a question. You ready? A thought-provoking question. We know that God gave the lion his strength is his roar. He can roar in up to five miles. Animals can hear it and know that that, that lion is present. Amen? Elephants have their tusks and their, tr and their trunks to help them to, to defend themselves. That's their strength. Hippopotamus have jaws that, that can break probably iron. Who knows? They will crush you. That's their power. What has God given us to be the thing that, that, that gives us the strength over every animal in the animal kingdom? Can someone answer it? Our mind, our mind is powerful. God has given us a mind to reason, to think, to make decisions. Our mind leads our path. What we think is who we are, the Bible says. So the Lord revealed who we are in his word. 
So in your mind, you can serve him and know that God is, is, is he is who he said he is. And you are who he says you are. Amen? Sometimes we don't, we're not victorious. We're not, we're not strong. We're, we're weak in our faith because of what's in our mind. Can we all stand please? We're going to pray. Doctrine is important. Doctrine is important. He says in 1 Timothy 4.16, take heed unto yourself. And unto what? The doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear you. Your family, your children. Stay in the doctrine. We are different. Listen to me. We are different. I'm not saying we're better, although I want to say that. Because I just love God and I believe that if we're in him, we're better than anybody else. That's just my thinking. But not to be prideful, but we're better. Okay? And we're, we're, we're different than the world. You are important to this world. God loves this world. He gave his body, his blood on a cross. He humbled himself. Came down, teach us, taught us his ways. His thoughts were far off, but now they're close. They're right here in his word. Why? Because he loves us. He has given us this doctrine. He has given us a pastor. Okay, listen to this. A pastor, we are blessed, who preaches the word. He doesn't come up here with gimmicks, with, with, with feel-good messages and, and spooky stuff. He sticks to the script. And preaches the word of God and inspires us and, and reveals to us God's will for our lives. We are a blessed people. We are blessed. I'm so glad to be in this church. I am. Because I'm encouraged every day. I go through trials. I go through, through, through tough. I have a family to lead. I don't have time to hear false doctrine and foolishness. You don't either. We don't have time for that. We need to know what thus says the Lord. And that's it. And we have that. We have it. So we are blessed. Now that we have so much, much is required. He says continue in the doctrine now. Now that you have it, continue in the doctrine because it's going to save you and those that hear you. He says preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. With all doctrine, we preach doctrine, we teach doctrine, God's doctrine, and we let people know who God is and what he has for them. We are not going to go away or swerve away from what God has to say. Because in the Bible, last I'm going to say, and then we're going to pray. Jesus Christ himself give us an example on how to do it in the flesh, when he was in the flesh. He said to them, the things he that sent me has given me the doctrine that I teach. I only say what I hear. He was giving us an example that th these words I'm speaking are not my words. Don't kill the messenger. Sometimes people want to get upset and tight when we speak truth and love. But God says, don't take it on yourself. Continue to preach the word in season and out of season. Don't let the pressures of life, okay, the compromise of your neighbors, your, your, your children's friends, change the way you teach your children. Don't say, I need to be more loving and, and more calm and then 
Water down God's word. Be more loving and kind and stick to the script. Say it in a different way, but say it. Praise God. Praise God. Say it in a loving way, but say it. Let your children know. Let your neighbors know, your family know that God loves us. That he's not a hard taskmaster. He's a father who is teaching his children his ways so we may prosper, be in good health, even as our soul prosper. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, God, for your truth. We thank you for your word, Lord, your doctrine, Lord Jesus. We thank you for a pastor, Lord, who preaches your word, who teaches your word in season and out of season. We thank you for the ministers, Lord God, who are dedicated to preach your word in season and out of season. We thank you, God, for the parents that are here, hallelujah, that have dedicated themselves to teach their children the ways of the Lord in the name of Jesus. Isaiah says, Isaiah 28 says, who shall know or learn doctrine? We, God, we want to learn your doctrine. We that are weaned, Lord God, from, from breast milk, Lord, want to receive your meat, Lord God, your truth. So, so we may live and teach others your way so they may live. Bless us, Lord. Anoint this service today in the name of Jesus Christ. Can we say amen? Amen. Praise God. Yes. We have two minutes until service. Let's prepare our hearts and our minds to receive God's word and to, to worship in Jesus' name.